What's up, guys? It's Patrick Madmore coming to you live from Silicon Valley for another episode of Madmork Stories. It is Thursday, around almost around 10 a.m. Excited to be here with you folks. And today we're going to talk about marketing careers. Uh, specifically, we're going to talk about why you might want to make a change in your marketing career or my, why you might just want to jump ship, you know, um, move on to greener pastures, give your boss the bird, think of something new, whatever it is, however you want to term it, we're going to talk about some of the reasons that you might want to think about making that next step uh, in your in your career and making a transition. Uh, the reality, particularly, is if you work in marketing and tech, uh, it can be really difficult. You know, um, marketing in general as a discipline is tough. Technology is changing really, really quickly. There are lots of tools to worry about. There are lots of different channels to worry about. The market changes very quickly. Competitors do things uh, that you might um, not expect. Budgets change. Situations change. Um, cultures change and companies change, right? And so... Um, last year, I remember I wrote a um, I wrote a post on my blog called "Jumping Ship: Seven Signs It's Time to Quit." And you know, obviously, uh, quitting your job and moving on to something new is is always a topic for a lot of people. And you know, in, in my marketing coaching, um, I come across this topic all the time with clients at one point or another in our engagement. The topic of am I in the right company? Am I in the right position? Should I be doing something else? I'm hitting a glass ceiling. My job sucks. I hate my boss, whatever. It always comes up at some point. And so I wrote this post last year and I was just stunned um, by the amount of interest and, and the, the amount of traffic I got on this post. I, you know, I had within 24, 48 hours, I think over, over 50,000 views of this post on my blog. And, you know, my blog at the time was relatively new. Well, it still is. It's only a year old. Um, but it was a crazy amount of traffic, so much so that, you know, the, the, the app that I used to monitor traffic for, for my, my site was crashing. And I was getting a lot of comments and a lot of inbound on this. So I just thought, you know, I would take that, uh, that blog post and, and put it into a podcast because it is such a big issue. And, and I continue to deal with it. And it continues to be a topic that people want to talk about. So anyway, so let's Let's dive into it and, and let's talk about, um, you know, job changing and why, why we might want to consider, uh, you know, uh, a change of job. Um, you know, as always, kind of I always look at, you know, uh, the underlying reasons why people do things. And, and really kind of one of the things I explored last year, which I think is worth talking about now, is... Um, you know, what I call my Mad Mork's uh, happiness formula, right? And and I, I'm not going to get all scientific or mathematical about it. That's totally not my style. But I have a very simple formula when it comes to managing your career, which is essentially this. And it's basically if the positive energy that you have in your career and in your life, which is like positive energy, the, the, the type of tasks and the type of things that you're doing at work, um, positive energy tasks, I call them, or PET, if positive energy tasks on balance are greater than your negative energy tasks or NET, right, net, then typically the result is that you're overall content or, or happy, right? So very simple. Positive energy outweighs negative energy. The result is happy, right, or content. Um, the same way, obviously, that if, you know, positive tasks are, are less than negative tasks, and that you, the amount of time that you spend working on stuff that makes you unhappy and that produces negative energy is, is fairly constant, 
And then, of course, the chances that you are going to burn out increase exponentially. And, and burnout is a big reason why people leave. Um, so that's the thing to keep in mind is if you're you know, in a job where basically day in, day out, week after week, month after month, quarter after quarter, you're, you're doing stuff that you really don't enjoy doing. And it's kind of really taking a lot of energy out of you and um, putting you in a place which is not good uh, in terms of your level of motivation, your mood, your possibilities for advancement, your interaction with other people, your overall job satisfaction. If that lasts for months on end and you can't see any end to it, then clearly your happiness formula is out of, war, out of whack and it's time to look for something new, right? Um, you know, and, and burnout is very real, particularly when you talk about tech. You know, the technology is changing so fast. There's so much pressure on marketing to generate, you know, uh, leads and sales that, um, that, you know, when you're doing negative things day in, day out for too long, that's, that's not sustainable for long periods of time. Right. And, you know, we all have this. The reality is you're, you're going to have ups and downs where you're doing things that you're just not super fired up about. You're doing things that, you know, are not necessarily the funnest in the world. That's normal. I mean, any job has that. But when the amount of time that you spend on negative tasks is constant and it's over a long period of time, then you really have to, you know, rethink things a bit. Right. And, and look, you know, when I, I have this as well, you know, there, there are things running in my, my own business that I really don't like doing. Um, I love writing. I love creating content. I love coaching people. I love meeting with people and hearing their stories and helping them figure things out. Um, I hate doing SEO. I, I don't really like doing analytics and tracking. Um, I'm not a big fan of creating graphics for my posts, you know, and doing stuff like that. Um, I hate doing taxes. I don't, I don't know of any masochist that loves that, but anyway, there's stuff I don't like doing. Right. But the reality is part of why I like doing what I, what I do. And, and I, and I love my work is that I spend much more time doing positive energy tasks. And so most days I'm in a good place. Right. So let's dive into the seven reasons. Um, what are the seven reasons we, we might want to, you know, make a change in our marketing careers. Right. Well, the first, you know, that I always look at is, is growth and learning. Right. And so, you know, part of the thing that kills uh, people is just kind of being stuck in a routine where day after day, it's the same thing, right? And, and as human beings, we, most of us are, are innately curious, right? We, we enjoy learning new things. We want to learn new tools. We want to do stuff that is exciting and, and helps advance our career and gets us to a place where we're learning more things. We have more skills because all that stuff is um, good for us psychologically. And it's also good for us from a career point of view. Right. And the reality as well is the job market is changing incredibly quickly. Right. And, you know, if you look at um, what's happening uh, with, you know, the economy and you look at the jobs that are being lost and jobs that are being created, the truth is that many of us are going to be seeing at least two or three big career changes in our lifetime. Right. The, 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 the old reality of, hey, you know, you're going to go in and you're going to spend all your career in marketing where you're going to spend your, all your career in a couple of companies, that stuff's history. That doesn't exist anymore, right? Most of us are going to change careers multiple times. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, in, in, in the post that I wrote last year, I did some research and uh, I read an article uh, on Big Think. And, and, you know, in that article, they estimated that 47% of jobs that exist today are not going to exist in 25 years time, right? So, I mean, what does that mean for us as marketers? Well, it means that we constantly have to be learning new skills. We have to be learning new tools. We have to be reading, going to conferences, getting on the job training, 
um, you know, taking courses on, you know, Udemy or Udacity or Coursera or whatever, we have to be looking to improve ourselves. And so if you're in a situation with your job where you're feeling stuck and you go to your boss or you go to the HR people or the learning and development people, and they're not giving you the opportunity to sharpen your tools and to get training and to, you know, do things that are improving your career prospects, you need to start thinking about whether that's the right place for you, right? Because if you stay in the same place too long and you're not learning and you're not growing, well, guess what? You're not increasing your market value, right? If you're not moving forward, if you're standing still, you might as well be moving backward. Um, in startups, you know, obviously the situation is a little bit different because you don't have clear um, career paths. You, you probably, you know, if you're in a series A or a series B startup, you might not even have a, a a leadership and development team. As a matter of fact, you probably don't. You probably have like a team of two people in HR who basically, they call themselves HR, but they're actually just recruiters because they're trying to re recruit people as frantically as possible. So in startups, it's different. Uh, in startups, kind of the responsibility to grow and develop your career is much more on you. Uh, and you have to really think about where you want to take your career. And you really have to think about what kind of skills you could be learning and be proactive about that, right? Um, but in bigger companies, you know, um, HR, uh, leadership and, and, and development teams and your own boss should be helping you and providing you the tools to grow and to learn. Right. Um, the second reason why a lot of people uh, decide to leave. Right. Um, and not just in marketing, but in any job is is basic appreciation. I mean, it sounds obvious. Right. Um, and if you're at all familiar with um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, you know, you'll realize that after human beings have, you know, the basics of food, shelter and security covered, uh, you know, the next most important needs for, for people on average is just purely psychological. Right. And as part of that, self-esteem is critical to people. You might be just crushing it and doing a great job. But if your manager or people around you or the culture are not really valuing what you're doing, eventually that's going to start to really grind on you. Um, you know, and I read an article, um, there was a study done by Towers Parent, uh, which, um, you know, which, which did a, a survey on employee engagement, and that was published in Harvard Business Review. And one of the number one things that they found in that survey is that if people were not being appreciated by their manager or their organization for a prolonged period of time, uh, they would leave, right? So appreciation is, it's a perfectly normal thing for you to expect. It's something that if you do a good job, you should get recognition for that. Maybe you don't necessarily get a promotion. Maybe you don't necessarily get a raise. But, you know, if the organization and your managers are not valuing your efforts, um, then that's that's something you need to think about. For some people, appreciation is more important than others. Um, so it, it varies. But, you know, if you're never being appreciated for what you do or if marketing isn't appreciated in your company, then I would say you might want to think of some other options. OK, Um What's next? Uh, well, number three on my list is what I call, you know, inability to leverage your core strengths, right? So, the, you know, we're all kind of good and, and less good at certain things, right? But one of the things that I found, you know, over, over the length of my career and working with my own coach and doing a lot of self-assessments is that, you know, when you when you're able to identify your own strengths, and where you're able to capitalize on them and do a lot of tasks that, that really require you to use those strengths, you just feel good about yourself. You know, it's a natural confidence builder, right? So you're not gonna be always awesome at doing uh, everything and, and definitely 
learning and development is a part of developing new skills that you need. But the reality is kind of like if you're if you're very rarely leveraging your strengths, like say that you're a great writer and all you're doing is crunching numbers all day uh, and you're never doing any writing, then sooner or later that's going to grind on you, right? When we use our strengths, right? And there's a great book about this called The Strength Finder, if you're interested. Uh, when we use our strengths, we build confidence. And confidence is like a muscle, right? So the more you build it, and you know, the more you capitalize on your strengths, the higher your confidence is. And when the higher your confidence is, the more likely you will be to succeed in the tasks that you're working on, even if they don't necessarily involve tasks that are directly related to your strengths, right? So we want to be building that positive energy, as I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, you know, my, my mad more happiness kind of uh, formula, right? And a great way to build that positive energy is basically to do more tasks that leverage our core strengths. All right. Number four, NTD. NTD stands for negative team dynamics. Right? And most of us have experienced this. As a matter of fact, if you've been in marketing for any length of time or in business for any length of time, chances are that you've come across negative team dynamics or NTD. NTD is a killer. Um, you know, I spoke with, a, with with some friends of mine recently at a, we, we were out having drinks at a bar you know, who worked at NVIDIA and, and they told me, you know, some really hairy stuff that had happened to them in the past uh, in situations where, you know, they, they had some severe crisis that they had to go through um, and how they made it through. And, and the big reason that they were really able to make it through together is because they had such positive team dynamics, right? They, these guys were like brothers, you know, they, they hung out a lot. They worked really well together. They challenged each other, but there was a constructive collaborative environment. You know, they worked hard and they were accountable and they appreciated each other. And they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't also afraid to give each other, you know, the hard truth in, in a respectful, you know, constructive way when, when you know, the truth had to be said. But, you know, the reverse is, is that, you know, um, the truth is that sadly in a lot of organizations, this isn't necessarily the case, right? And, um, you know, you might be in an organization where there's a lot of politics, there's a lot of competition, you know, maybe you work in an organization where there's like one of these bell curves where there's a forced bell curve that only very few people can get promoted. And so competition is cutthroat and people don't necessarily support each other and they are not open with criticism and they'll go behind people's back and attack each other constantly. Right. And so when you're working in an, in an environment that uh, that has negative team dynamics where people are constantly attacking each other and more importantly, you know, manage management is not stepping in to either, you know, resolve the issues or at least to mediate between people, then the environment can get really toxic really fast. Um, and that's not a good place to work in if it's continuous, right? So if you're in an environment where, you know, there's constant negative team dynamics all the time, um, that's a really good reason to start looking for the exit and, and, you know, either get off that team or go to another part of the company or, you know, if you're in a small company, then then look for something else, right? Life is too short. Number five. Um, number five is constantly changing priorities, right? And since I like acronyms, this one's called CCP. Constantly changing priorities or CCP, that's a killer as well. Now, obviously, if you work in marketing and tech, um, CCP is a fact of life. I mean, priorities do change quite quickly because the the landscape might change or the technology might change or, you know, maybe your product is delayed six months and all of a sudden it's like, hey, guess what? We're we're not going to be doing growth marketing after all. We're going to cut that budget and we're going to kind of like reinvest it more into kind of 
CRM and engaging our existing users, right? Or we're going to invest that budget, you know, potentially into hiring a couple of more engineers to, you know, to, to fix the problems that we have on the product. You know, um, in tech companies and in startups, particularly, uh, you do have a change in priorities. You know, the challenge again is like, how much is too much, right? So some companies, for some reason, thrive off this. Like they, they just love to change priorities all the time. They're constantly going in new directions. You know, the CEO or the founder wakes up on a Monday morning and decides that he wants to change the roadmap and go in a different direction, uh, and then doesn't communicate that properly. Um, you know, if if uh, management is really taking the time to share information with employees and with marketing and keep you up to speed and explain the rationale of why things are changing and why decisions are being made, that can go a long way, right? And as long as you don't feel like these changes are arbitrary or happening too often, you know, that's there There might not be a, a very good reason for you to um, look for an exit, right? Again, in startups, sometimes you do have to pivot, right? But the thing is, if you feel like the company's pivoting every month, then you have a bigger problem, right? Then then maybe the problem is the culture of the company or maybe it's management. You know, maybe you're surrounded by, you know, young, super smart, you know, guys who have never run a company before and they don't know what they're doing. Um, but but if your your strategy is changing all the time and people are not really communicating this, they're not really um, open enough and, and, and letting the team ask questions and sharing exactly why they are making changes then, you know, you might want to rethink why you're there, right? I, I always say kind of as a cyclist, I always say the race is not to the swift, but to those who keep pedaling, right? And and the same is really true in business. You know, the occasional shift or adjustment is okay. But if you're making changes all the time, that's not okay. And if people are not communicating why those changes are happening, again, that's not okay, right? So, you know, the job of being in marketing can be stressful enough as it is. And and if your, your management's making arbitrary changes all the time, uh, then it's 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 time to think about you know what other options you might have. Number six, uh, and I love this one, and this is so true, particularly in tech and particularly in startups. Um, believing your own bullshit, you know, uh, BYOBS, right? This is one of my favorites, and in, and in tech and in the valley, you see this stuff all the time. And um, you know, when you when you're in a fast growth environment and things are going well, and you're getting a lot of downloads of your app or your game, or you're getting a lot of leads or you're getting a lot of revenues and the company's going from strength to strength and you raise more money and you hire a bigger team, you know, it is human nature that at some point um, this is going to go to somebody's head, right? And they are going to start to think that they are particularly, you know, that, that they might be invincible. And this is especially true for people who are first-time managers or first-time founders or uh, fairly young and inexperienced is that you start to believe your own bullshit. You know, you start to think that you have all the answers. You start to think that nothing can go wrong. And more importantly, like one thing to be really wary of is people stop listening to others or people start brushing off questions, right? And that for me is a very bad sign. You know, when your CEO or your management are not taking the time to properly explain things, they're not open to questions. They think they have all the answers. They brush off people's fears or questions as, you know, irrelevant or petty um, you know, there's, there's a problem there. Right. And, you know, I, I, I've seen this in several startups. Uh, I'm seeing it in one company that I've worked with in the past right now, um, where, you know, every time I, I talk to the chairman of this company, he seems like he has all the answers and, and maybe he does, but, um, 
nobody has all the answers, right? And so when you're not taking advice and when you're not asking yourself the tough questions or you're ignoring people who ask tough questions, that's a really bad sign. Um, you know, when I was at, you know, Getjar, which was a startup years ago, which was one of the largest um, independent app stores, uh, our CEO got into that trap too. You know, he was a guy who came from nothing, self-made, you know, very successful. And within a very short period of time, we were able to get the company, you know, in Time Magazine, we're in Wall Street Journal, we were on CNBC. Um, we were doing a lot of incredible stuff. We were in the press all the time. We were raising money, we were scaling. And it got to a point where he just believed he was invincible. And uh, and that's when things started to become problematic. And eventually the company didn't make it. And, you know, I left in, in, uh, about a year later and went to Google. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, always kind of like keep your antenna up, you know, always kind of like question and challenge your founders, question and challenge your manager and, and you know, see kind of like, you know, how they're thinking about things because there is no, nothing worse than uh, management that is out of touch and believes their own BS. And, you know, um, anybody who's familiar with the story of Nokia or the story of BlackBerry, you know, that's the way those guys were running their businesses, right? They they came to believe that they were infallible and that they had all the answers. And we all know how those two companies uh, turned out. Number seven, uh, this is a great one too. I think uh, you guys will love this one. The never-ending crisis, right? Uh, startups love to be in this crisis mode. I think, you know, there is an element of kind of bravado in Silicon Valley where, you know, you're always working, you're working weekends, you're working late nights, there's always a crisis, somebody's hair is always on fire. Um, and look, the reality is kind of, yes, when you work in tech, when you work uh, in startups, uh, yeah, there's going to be crises. Yeah, there's going to be times where you have to work all weekend. Yes, there's going to be times where you're going to have to pull an all-nighter and you're going to be working till midnight or 2 a.m. These things do happen. The problem is kind of when it becomes the norm, right? When the organization is just lurching from one crisis to another and your CEO or whoever is like, oh yeah, we everybody's got to be on, you know, hands on deck this weekend and no holidays for the next two weeks because, you know, we made a bunch of mistakes in product development and we have to spend the whole weekend debugging the product, right? This is bullshit. I mean, to be honest, this this is not a, a responsible, smart way to run a company because first of all, you know, why are you in a never ending crisis mode, right? What What is the root cause of that? You know, is it is it that basically, you know, you're having to debug the product because you don't have a proper Q&A process or is it that you're doing that because you're going too fast because, you know, the engineering team hasn't slept for like several days and so they're making a bunch of mistakes. Are you having to make changes to your product because you're not properly assessing what your competitors are doing and then you get caught flat footed because they do something that you should have expected and you didn't? Uh, are you under resourced, you know, because your head of engineering says, oh, yeah, we can crank this out in five days. And then, you know, three weeks later, it's still not done because they don't have the engineering resource to do it. Right. So the key is to try and find out, like, why are these crises happening? Right. It, it, every company has a crisis. But if you're not able to sit down with management and get to the root of what caused it and how you can prevent that the next time, then chances are that that problem is going to happen again, right? And then it's going to be compounded by other problems that are happening in other parts of the company. So um, so in my experience, you know, oftentimes when you're in a situation where you have a never-ending crisis, the blame usually has to lie with the management team, right? Is, is that, you know, the management team is out of either out of their depth or they're tone deaf, or they're not aware of what's going on, or they're not properly prepared, or they're not learning from their previous mistakes. 
So, um, so yeah, never-ending crisis is not good. Uh, so these are the seven reasons. I'm going to add an eighth one, but I'm going to keep this one really short because I'll, I'll have a separate podcast about this. And I have an entire blog post just on this topic, um, which is called, um, you know, the, the the tyrannical manager, right? And so obviously, you know, the eighth reason why you might want to leave your company, and actually this is the one most often why people do leave, is, is if you have a, a terrible manager uh, or a tyrant. And, uh, and like I said, I have another blog post on this. If you're interested, you can go to madmork.com slash blog and look for that post. But, you know, having a bad manager um, is a subject all unto its own. And that's why I don't want to get into it too, too deeply. But if you've been reporting to somebody who, you know, doesn't have the experience, isn't self-aware, is absolutely despotic, doesn't listen, doesn't accept challenges, um, you know, and doesn't know what they're doing. And you have a person in that situation that, you know, is is either protected by senior management or or is the founder of the company um, or is actively sabotaging your work, then, you know, you, you might want to look for an exit as well. Right. Um, you know, there are ways to work with people like that. You know, you can, of course, try and get to understand them better and try and understand their motivations. Maybe something's happening to them at home that's causing them to be difficult. Maybe um, you just don't have good communication channels, which you need to establish like good one on ones. Or maybe you need to take the, the issue to HR. But definitely having a bad boss over a prolonged period of time will make your life miserable. And, and that's one of the main reasons why people leave. So, um, you know, one of the things that I want to conclude by saying, which is important, is um, people have a tendency, particularly in technology companies, particularly in the Valley and often uh, among millennials, um, to come to these conclusions very quickly and to say, you know, after three months or after six months, I, I think I need to leave. I think I need to find something new. Right. The reality is the grass is always greener on the other side. And, and just because you decide to go somewhere else doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be better. So I always kind of like say, hey, look, you know, it, it's tough, but maybe it's going to get better. Try and see how you can address some of these issues, get some support internally, talk to your boss, talk to HR, talk to the CEO, whatever. Um, but, you know, jumping ship after after less than a year in a new job is, is never a good thing because uh, it doesn't look good on your resume. And people who look at you for the next job might be like, well, they're always going to ask the question, why did you leave? And unless you have a really compelling reason or unless the situation was so unbearable or the company was going in a business or the founder was a you know, narcissistic tyrant, um, you're going to have to explain why you left. And so you really need to think about that carefully, because if you change jobs multiple times after less than a year, that's forming a pattern on your resume that that is not good for prospective employers. Right? It shows them that potentially you're either not um, doing a good job of assessing and judging your career prospects and you're choosing the wrong jobs or the wrong companies or that you basically have no tolerance to pain, right? That you have no tolerance for things getting tough. Um, and, you know, people have different tolerances to pain. If, 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 you know, going and working in tech companies or in startups for some reason doesn't work for you because there's too much change um, and you're kind of one of these people that, you know, needs more stability, uh, and needs a more kind of structured environment, that's fine. Then, you know, find an environment that's right for you and, and look for something that is a bit bigger, a bit stable, that a bit more stable or has a bit more resource. Um, but if you're constantly switching jobs, that's never a good thing. 
So anyway, I, I hope those eight reasons helped. Um, again, you know, changing jobs is a natural part of kind of evolving your career. So you should never be afraid to make that change when you have to. Uh, and always get feedback and advice from, you know, friends, mentors, colleagues, coaches, whatever, your parents uh, on, on these issues. Um, it's a very difficult thing to come to that realization that maybe you need to quit your job and you need to do something else. But the reality is, you know, everybody kind of makes job changes. It's, it's a normal part of uh, leading and, and managing a successful career. That's how you grow. That's how you challenge yourself, you know, and get excited about doing the next thing and push yourself forward. So make sure that you've kind of like, you know, um, process these eight reasons really, really deeply. Uh, keep a, a good check on yourself and uh, self-assess your happiness formula, you know, every every couple of quarters and see how you're doing. Keep learning, keep growing, stay excited, stay hungry, do cool things, collaborate and work well with others. Um, you know, and if at some point you do need to make a change, then, you know, make that change. Right. But uh, anyway, that's me. This has been kind of Mad Mork at Mad Mork Stories talking about eight reasons why you might want to jump ship and uh, change your, your your marketing career. And I hope this was useful uh, to folks. Again, if you haven't, please subscribe to this podcast. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at Mad Mork. Uh, check out my blog at madmork.com slash blog, as well as my Facebook page, facebook.com slash madmork stories you know and if you are a marketing exec you know kind of a director and above and you feel that you need some help um you know and would like to have a chat you know book a uh, book a free session with me and i'm happy to you know have a talk and see what's going on in your life and otherwise i wish you luck keep doing awesome marketing keep reading and uh keep being excited about the world and tech and marketing and all that good stuff this is uh madmork from uh, madmork stories signing off thanks for your time and have an awesome day